Welcome to By Faith with Frank Shelton. Frank speaks at the schoolhouse. The church house and has even been interviewed at the White House, but is most grateful to speak life into your house. Here's Frank Shelton. Welcome to another edition of By Faith, and boy, I love spending time with you. As a kid, I remember Mr. Rogers, and I would run home, and I would even change the sweaters just like my hero. I'm no Mr. Rogers, but it is an honor to be in your home. I want to encourage you, uh, we're going to go back in just a moment to Houston, Texas, where I had the privilege to preach at the Texas Baptist Evangelism Conference on a message called, John the Baptist was good, but Jesus the Christ alone is God. You know, they say Pastor Appreciation Month is October, but when you see your pastor and pastoral staff this coming week, I believe it's year-round. Go up to them, love them, thank them, surprise them, call the pastor's wife and say, hey, we're going to watch the kids. We're paying for you to go out. I just believe when you love God's man and his people, you honor the Lord. I want to just have you tune in. I'm going to tell you in advance, this message is powerful. You may want to just already look at the website, frankshelton.com, click merch, and episode 1508 is the one you want to get. I really believe it's going to speak to you in a powerful way and mediocrity is everywhere, but ministry is when we graduate from religion and serve the relationship with the Redeemer. Let's check that out now. If you would like to bring Frank to your next event or outreach, visit www.frankshelton.com. With the help of the Holy Spirit, if you have a Bible, turn with me to John chapter 6. In ministry, some of us get too much credit and others of us get no credit. But John the Baptist is one thing, but Jesus the Christ is everything. John chapter 6. John chapter 6, and we're going to read verses 1 through 29. I usually like to preach three verses, maybe four, and then jump. I love expository preaching. I like it all. But just to give you the background, it's better safe on reading too much scripture than not enough. Amen? John chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. The Bible said, in the beginning, interesting, those are the first three words that we'll find in the Bible. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, and all things were made by Him, and without Him nothing was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of man, and the light shineth in the darkness, and they comprehended it not. Now there is a man sent from God whose name was John. The same bore witness of the light that all men through him might believe. I believe if you believe it, we better be living it. 
He was not the light, but he was sent to bear witness of the light. Capital L, talking about the Lord. He, Christ, was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came to his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become the sons of God, even to those that believe on his name. If you believe he's still in the soul-saving business, say amen. Which were born not of the blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And the word was made by flesh, and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. And John bare witness of him, and cried, saying, This was of he whom I spoke. He cometh after me, that's performed before me, and of his fullness have we received grace for grace. What's grace? God's riches at Christ's expense. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth come by Jesus Christ. No man has seen God at any time, only the begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father. And this is the record of John, when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem, and they said, Who are you? And he confessed and denied not, and said, I am not the Christ. And they said, Then, Who are you? Are you Isaiah? And he said, No, I'm not. And then he said, Are you a prophet? And he answered, No. And then they said unto them, Then who are you that we may give an account to them that sent us? And he said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. And they that asked were of the Pharisees. See, Pharisees were like kick cars. They were all show, but they were no go. They had the rhetoric, they had a religion, but they never had the real relationship with the redeemers. The reason the Pharisees were like the Sadducees, because what's sad you see is that they were so close, but so far away. And they asked him and said, Why baptize thou then, if you not be the Christ, nor Isaiah, nor a prophet? And John answered, saying, I baptize thee with water, but there stands one among you whom you know not. He's coming after me is greater than I. His shoe latchets I'm not worthy to unloose. And these things were done in Bathrabia beyond Jordan, where John was baptizing. And the next day, John saw Jesus coming unto him and said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. At that moment... All eyes were on John. There had not been a prophet with that power in over four centuries. And see the thing in ministry, if we're not careful, we can start out by faith, but somehow slip into the flesh real quick. The question is not, did you start? Will you finish strong? And John the Baptist, all eyes were on him. He was doing the Lord's work. And that's a privilege by getting ordained in 1998. I've now done 153 weddings. For a while I was doing so many, Adam Sandler was the wedding singer. They were calling me the wedding speaker. But the beautiful thing about a pastor, a teaching pastor, as an ordained and an international evangelist, the bottom line is the first person you have the privilege to see as you're doing a wedding is the bride when she comes through the door. And you say, all rise, and out of respect and protocol, they all stand for the bride. And John was baptizing individuals. God was using him in a powerful way. He's in the water, doing the Lord's work. All eyes are on them, and then he sees what he was born for. And he paused, and he could have acted like that the Savior wasn't on the shore if he decided to get in the flesh. But he knew he was born to promote him. And with all eyes on the shore on John, he sees the Savior, he got a glimpse of God, and he's now locked looking at the Lord. And he said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. And all eyes rightfully went off John to Jesus. But watch this. 
Because John promoted Jesus, Jesus is now promoting John. He says, you can baptize me. Oh, I'm not unworthy to untie your shoes. But because he honored him, he honored him. And when John pulls up Jesus out of the water, you hear that deep voice of God, not Morgan Freeman, not James Earl Jones, none other than use it. No, behold my son in whom I'm well pleased. And the dove came on his shoulder, and the Bible says, Jesus immediately ascended to the wilderness. Now, I want to give you the backstory real quick. In Luke chapter 1, I'm going to read this real fast. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard. Your wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son. His name shall be called John. And they shall have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord. He shall neither drink neither wine nor strong drink. He shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. I tell teenagers all across America, you want to be great and used of God? You don't need the king of beers if you know the king of kings. And many of the children of Israel shall be turned to the Lord their God, and he shall go before them in the spirit and the power of Isaiah to turn the hearts of the fatherless to the children, the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zacharias said unto the angel, Where shall I know this? For I am an old man, my wife well stricken in years. And the angel said unto him, I am Gabriel, that stand in the presence of God, and I'm sent to speak unto you and show thee glad tidings. And behold, that shall be dumb, and you won't be able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed, because you believe not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season. And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he tarried so long in the temple. And when he came out, he could not speak unto them. They perceived that they had seen a vision in the temple, and he beckoned unto them, and he was still speechless. And it came to pass that as soon as the days of his ministration were accomplished, he departed to his own house. And after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived and hid herself five months, saying, The Lord had dealt with me and treated us and looked on me to take away the reproach among men. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed are you among all women. And when she saw him, she was touched at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of greeting this should be. And the angel said unto her again, Fear not, Mary, for you have found favor with God. I had a friend that used to work at Baskin Robbins, 39 flavors. Number one, preachers love Sundays. Can I get an amen? Number two, flavor is a taste made from man, but favor is one touch from Almighty God. Adrian Rogers used to say, never doubt in the dark what the Lord has showed you in the light. We serve a God who's never in a hurry, but always, always on time. 31, and behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, bring forth a son, the sweetest names, his name shall be called Jesus. This is the Christmas card. He shall be great. He shall be called the son of the highest. The Lord shall give unto him the throne of his father, David. And he shall reign in the house of Jacob forever and ever. Of his kingdom, there'll be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be? For I've never even been with the man. And the angel said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. The power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore that holy thing 
which shall be born of thee shall be called God. I'll read a few verses and we'll go. And behold thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. Mary said, The handmaid of the Lord be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel left her. And the Mary rose in the days and went to the hill country with haste to the city of Judah. Watch this. Entered the house of Zacharias, said hi to Elizabeth. 41, And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the babe, not even birthed, not even yet a Baptist, John jumped, the lad leapt, the boy, not even born, goes bonkers. Why? I believe in courtrooms all across America. I've seen it from New York to Los Angeles. Today it will happen tomorrow if the Lord doesn't come back. But I believe he's on his way. I say this in love. Some people preach as if they got 30 years. Some of us in full-time evangelists preach as if you got 30 minutes. Ministry minus urgency equals catastrophe. A Rolex is a terrible form of time because though you pay 10 to 12 grand for a watch, the genuine Rolex secondhand never hesitates. It's nonstop. Terrible form of time. I like the old soap opera show days of our lives the hourglass because it reminds me every day rich or poor black or white democrat republican lost or saved that eventually soon time's going to run out in every court case in every courtroom all around america i don't care if you're an attorney wearing a thousand dollar suit if you're the plaintiff or defendant if you're a janitor or jury you always hear two words every morning all rise and out of respect and protocol, we all stand for the one who wears the robe. I've never heard anyone else say this, but I'll give it to you. This is what God gave me. The bottom line is I believe that when John jumped, the lad left, and the boy went bonkers, is because, watch this, there's two women, Mary and Elizabeth. They're both pregnant with protruding bellies. The irony is Elizabeth had played by the rules. She was a senior citizen. She loved the Savior. She waited to get married. She's married. She tried for days and decades and couldn't to save her life. And then you got a woman, not technically a girl, named Mary, not even married, had never been intimate with a man, and one was trying to get pregnant and couldn't. One didn't even try and did, because what's impossible with God is still possible with the Lord. Amen? And this is what I want you to see. There's two women and they're both carrying babies, and one's going to be John, and the other's Jesus, and these two boys are getting ready to change the world. And in the inner city, you could relate to this, these were the first boys to men. Can I get an amen? And this is what I want you to see. The reason that John jumped, and the lad left, and the boy went bonkers, because when that teenager, Mary, not even married, comes in the house to say hi to Elizabeth, when she said hi to Elizabeth, John jumped. And the reason John jumped it's because John and his mama's womb realized that Jesus and his mama's womb was not just in the womb. The king who will wear the robe has now walked into the room. All rise. Would you give him a round of applause? Amen. Now watch this. John the Baptist knew Jesus before he was even born. 150 years ago, Joseph Gales was a policeman in our nation's capital. He was later assigned to the White House and grew as personal friends with President Abraham Lincoln. 
On Good Friday, 1865, he escorted President Lincoln to Ford's Theater and was one of the first officers to respond when he was shot. On that unforgettable night, he carried the 16th president across the cobblestone streets to where America's most beloved president would die the next morning. Joseph Gales is not the entire story. Joseph is his first name, Gales is his middle name, but Shelton is his last name. Ironically, what are the odds? One of my ancestors planted in life the cherry blossoms, and my other ancestor carried the president in death. The Bible says, despise not the day of small beginnings. You may not believe in God, but God believes in you. Divinity deposited his DNA in you, and you were made in his image. The Lord makes no junk. 2,000 years ago, Mother Mary was pregnant with the Son of God. She carried greatness and was the first to carry the gospel and God in the process. David, with a slingshot and a couple stones, carried greatness, not in his hands, but his head and heart. The Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. David toppled Goliath in private way before he destroyed him in public. Greatness comes with a price. Joseph, with the coat of many colors, had haters. They were not jealous of his colorful coat, but the colossal call of God on his life. In life, you can carry greatness or bury it. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. carried greatness with the clarion call to let freedom ring as he helped pave the way with the march on Washington, speaking on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial, delivering one of the greatest speeches of all time. His dream ended the nightmare for millions of African Americans, and with the Lord's help, they overcame. But like Lincoln, died in right to others' promised land. What went through the head of Joseph Arimathea the day on Good Friday at Calvary when he begged for the body of his Lord? What courage to confront Pontius Pilate, whom just sentenced that his Savior be slain? Today, will the real men and women of God stand up? We've been sitting out for far too long. As Christ climbed the cross, he embodied grace and greatness and took on our sin. He truly set the people free. God used a borrowed womb with Mary and a borrowed tomb of Joseph to be the bookends of Christianity. Today, the God of the universe is looking to not only borrow you, but indwell in you for eternity. Christ died and rose again that you could live. Yes, my ancestor carried the closest to the king of a nation America will ever know. What an honor. But we don't just carry the president or a preacher in their death, but the living prince of peace in our lives. It is one thing to carry an earthly king, but we carry heaven's only king by our life and our lips. We all carry greatness, but it is entirely and eternally different when greatness carries you. To order an autographed copy of Frank's book, Carrying Greatness, go to frankshelton.com and click on Merch. A signed copy is only $25, and if you order now, you'll get free shipping. Don't delay. Order your copy today. But John never got over Jesus because Jesus never got over John. But let's not mistake this. John was one thing, but Jesus is everything. I was thinking on the way here, I love cars. And the thing is, is if the disciples rode in a Honda because they were all in one accord, I was thinking, then what kind of car would John be? And God said, Frank, he'd be a Toyota. And I said, Lord, why? Because John was the forerunner to Jesus Christ. Not everybody in Washington is bad. Can I get an amen? <laughs> First of all, quickly, who was John? 
John was God's man. Jesus was the God-man. John was a man of God. Jesus is the Son of God. John was one yielded totally to God. Jesus was Trinity, three totally one. John was good. Jesus alone is God. John had a message. Jesus is still the message. John had a mission. Jesus alone is the Messiah. Yes, John died serving Jesus, but Jesus died saving John. Who was John? Quickly, who was Jesus? Dr. Clyde Box said years ago, scholars and skeptics have debated, was Jesus a man or was Jesus God? Quickly, he was both. He was divinity and humanity. If he wasn't a man, then who was that babe born in Bethlehem's barn? If he wasn't God, why did 10,000 angels sing at his birth? If he wasn't a man, then who was that had hungered in the wilderness? If he wasn't God, who fed 5,000 with a little kid's lunch? If he wasn't a man, then who was that on the cross that cried, I thirst? If he wasn't God, who told the woman at the well, you drink from me, you'll never thirst again? If he wasn't a man, then who was that dead for three days in Joseph of Arimathea's tomb? But if he wasn't God, explain why that tomb is still empty. See, the American dream has gone from rags to riches. Jesus went from riches to rags. He went from a mansion to a manger. He went from the throne to thorns. He went from the crib to the cross. And because of his temporal death, we get eternal life by faith and grace. The first time Jesus came, he came in poverty. The next time soon, he's coming in great power. The first time he came, he was the rejected cornerstone. The next time he comes, he is the rock of all ages. The first time he came, he carried a cross. The next time he comes, he's carrying the whole government on his shoulders. The first time he came, he came on a humble donkey. The next time he comes, he's on a winning white stallion. The first time he came, he stood before Pontius Pilate. The next time soon, Pontius Pilate, Confucius, Muhammad, Joseph Smith, good works, religion, is going to stand before the Lord. And I've been to the Holy Land, and I've come out of that borrowed, borrowed tomb, and it's the only tourist attraction in the whole wide world where folks come from miles around to stand in line to stare at absolutely nothing. When you walk out of the tomb, Luke 24, verse 5 and 6, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but he is risen, and we don't serve a dead God. Preacher, you serve the living Lord. Would you give him a round of applause? Amen. Life, leadership, and laughter are the hallmarks of Frank Shelton's life. In fifth grade, Frank was called upon to give the keynote address at his elementary school in Waldorf, Maryland, to some 500 peers and parents. In eighth grade, he was president of student government and addressed 800 students daily and was called again to give graduation keynote address. This time, over 1,200 parents and peers packed out the gymnasium. 
In high school, Frank was crowned prom king his senior year and received a standing ovation in high school with over 2,000 in attendance. In college, he was named Distinguished Alumni and was closing speaker at a student-led outreach on campus. And one professor said in his tenure at the college, the night Frank spoke was the largest ever crowd he remembered seeing. Frank became a speechwriter for a member of Congress in the House leadership and was called on to frequently give remarks in his boss's absence. After the congressman couldn't attend a speech due to last-second votes on the floor of Congress, he was tapped to give the remarks. For three straight years, a school contacted Frank as a surrogate to the congressman, and he gave graduation addresses. Frank was even called to speak at a black tie dinner honoring a Nobel Peace Prize recipient in congressman's absence, and he nailed it. Over the years, he spoke in front of thousands as a liaison to the congressman in his absence, and Frank went on to become a national speaker and international communicator. To date, his roles as Fox News contributor, White House correspondent, motivator at the 2012 Olympics, has enabled him to speak to millions around the globe. At every level in Frank's life, he has constantly connected with crowds and is considered one of the most gifted storytellers in America. He is practical, powerful, and personable. Regardless of speaking to students at a high school, corporate executives, Hollywood actors, professional athletes, powerful politicians, or worldwide television, he has a gift to not only communicate, but connect. Frank shares humor, celebrity impressions, and captivating stories that inspire and encourage. If you want a home run at your next event, don't strike out with just any speaker. Seek out a leader who has been living it way before most started, and he has addressed everyone from paupers to presidents of the United States. Don't delay. Book Frank Shelton today. It's good to be back with you, and you know we're almost out of time, but thank you for taking the time to tune in. You know, I wanted to go do politics, preach, or protect the president with my life. Some of you know my story. My family are fifth-generation Washingtonians, and my family has protected the last 26 of 28 U.S. presidents. And that is a noble calling. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it for God's glory. At one time, I really wanted to join the U.S. Secret Service, but God gave me a message. And he said, Frank, you can't keep it secret. And July 27, 2007, I walked away from retirement, 401k, health insurance, to speak around the country completely like the show by faith. And when I walked away, we really took a measure of faith. And the thing is, is, you know, God has been so faithful. And when I had left my job, this was not guaranteed. And this huge opportunity wasn't in the cards. But I believe when we step off the couch and get in the game for God's glory, there's no limit to what we can do. When God guides, he provides. And when you're in his will, it's on his bill. We don't beg for money, but if you would like to help us continue to take the word to the world, just go to frankshelton.com, click donate, and just pray to give a gift that whatever you feel led to give, because truly we live by faith. Yes, my ancestor carried the king of a nation. My dad's friend carried the king of rock and roll, but we carry the king 
of all kings. See you next week as you live by faith. To order an autographed copy of Frank's book, Carrying Greatness, go to frankshelton.com and click on Merch. A signed copy is only $25, and if you order now, you'll get free shipping. Don't delay. Order your copy today.